a guy named Julio Diaz. Uh, Julio Diaz, when he was 31 years old, a couple years ago, uh, it was a, he's a social worker, and he often got off the subway one stop before his station in the Bronx so he could eat at his favorite diner. Uh, one night, as usual, he stepped off the number six train, began walking towards the stairs when this teenage boy jumped out of the shadows, flashed a knife at him, and demanded all his money. Uh, Diaz was startled, pulled out his wallet, handed it to the boy, and said, here you go, w- which is exactly what we would do, right? You, you hand over your wallet. If he leaves your cell phone, you call the police immediately. Well, the the teenager began walking away, but Diaz called after him. He said, hey, wait a minute, you forgot something. If you're going to be robbing people all night, you you, you should at least stay warm. And began taking off his coat and giving the teenager his coat. The the teenager looked at him all confused and he said, what are you doing? Why why are you doing this? Diaz answered, listen, if you're willing to to risk losing your freedom for a few dollars, then I I guess you really need what I have, and and I'll give it to you. I mean, all I was going to do tonight was just go out for dinner, which, I mean, if if you wanted to join me, I'd be glad for you to, to come with me. The teenager looked at Diaz, paused, and agreed to go to dinner with him. True story. You're talking about miracles. So the, the two of them head off to Diaz's favorite diner. Uh, they sit down. They, they start eating. And not only their waiter, but every waiter in the restaurant, the owner of the restaurant, even the, the dishwashers all come out to say hi to Diaz, who is their favorite customer. Everybody loves him. The, the teenager's confused. He says, you know everyone here. Do, do you own this place? Diaz responds, no, I, I just eat here a lot. Teenager says, yeah, but you're nice to everyone, even that dishwasher. Diaz says, haven't you heard that you're supposed to be nice to everyone? Teenager says, yeah, I've heard that, but I didn't think anyone actually lived that way. So finally, the bill arrives, and Diaz tells the teenager, he says, look, um, I guess you're paying for this because you have my wallet with all my, my money. And so, I mean, if, if, if you want to give me back my wallet, I'd be glad to pay for you. And the teenager didn't even think about it, takes Diaz's wallet out, gives it back to him. Diaz pays for dinner. The two of them walk out of the restaurant together. Diaz pulls out his wallet and says, hey, I want to give you $20, but I need something in return. The knife. Teenager gives over the knife that he was using to, to rob people and takes the $20. Wow. This story is an example of grace. We can point to examples of grace. We can um, talk about grace. I mean, it's, it's, it's a favorite subject. We've got all kinds of hymns about grace. But if we put a microphone in, in your face, could you give us a definition of grace? Now, you might say God's riches at Christ's expense, right? G-R-A-C-E. We get creative as Christians, right? And, but that's still an example of grace. What is grace? Well, quite simply, quite simply, it's abundance freely given to someone in poverty. Now, Poverty automatically strikes up the image of financial poverty, right? But poverty means any poverty. Spiritual poverty, financial poverty, emotional poverty, physical poverty. Whatever somebody 
is in a pit. Somebody's deep in a hole. And they cannot get out. They just cannot get out by themselves. Grace is somebody with abundance looking down in the pit and utilizing their abundance to get that person out of the pit. That is grace. When, some, when we say that person so-and-so was gracious to us, what we are saying is, in my poverty, they utilized and leveraged their abundance in order to get me out of the pit. That's grace. For a mental picture, for a mental picture, it's a step-by-step process. We saw the first step. We've talked about the first step. Someone is in a pit. Someone is in something they just simply cannot get out of. Second, someone who has abundance gets down in the pit with them. It's not shouting down from the pit, I'll pray for you! Thank you. I'm in the pit. It's getting down in the pit with them. Then, then, then it's saying, look, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. You're working, you're trying, you're clawing, you're trying to get your way out, but you can't. Or, or you've worked so hard to get out, you've given up and you've surrendered yourself over to the pit. And say, look, 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 that way. There's a way out. But not, 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 you know, not that person at the, at the store that you go to, you know, hey, where's this? It's over there, you know, it's over there. You go find it yourself. It's, I will help you walk out of this pit. But once you get out of the pit, once you, once you lead them out of the pit, grace doesn't say goodbye, so long, farewell, good luck. It's I have abundance. And I'm not just going to stop at getting you out of the pit, but through my abundance, with my abundance, I am going to help you live an abundant life. But also something that happens all throughout the process is that the person with abundance protects the one in the pit. We're going to be in Psalm 25 this morning. We're going to skip around. Psalm 25 this morning. We're not going to read it straight through like I've I've done some other psalms. First of all, this one's longer, uh, so it would take longer to to, to read straight through it. But this is a psalm uh, that David wrote during a time that he was feeling the weight of his sin. The pit that he was in was was the pit of his sin. And uh, I don't know about you, but I know that when, 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 when I am feeling the weight of my sin and I'm praying, I have no cohesive straight line thoughts, right? It's just all over the place. And David's all over the place with this psalm as well. We're going to start in Psalm 25.7. Do not remember the sins of my youth or my acts of rebellion. In keeping with your faithful love, remember me because of your goodness, Lord. Do not remember the sins of my youth. He's in a pit. He's in the pit of his sin. And look, David deals truthfully with his sin. But what, what Jesus said so many years later is that we deal in grace and truth. We deal in truth and grace. We deal gracefully with truth and we deal truthfully with grace. 
As Christians in our culture, we deal with truth, and then we would deal with truth, and then we deal with truth, and then we deal with truth some more, but we never want to deal in grace. Yes, David deals truthfully, but he also understands the grace of God. Do not remember the sins of my youth. Do not remember my passionate, lustful sins of my youth. Do not remember, God, that spring break. Do not remember, God, that party. Do not remember, God, that night. Do not remember, God, that oops, I did it again moment that I did in my youth. And just in case, he covers them all. He covers all his bases. Do not remember the rebellion, my rebellion. Do not remember those times that, yes, I did know better, but I just decided, heck with you, God, I'm doing it anyway. I know we're all good Christian folk this morning. We've never been there, right? David, the man after God's own heart has been there. He's been in the pit. Maybe you're here this morning and you'd say, yep. That sounds really, really familiar. Let's keep reading. Psalm 25.1 Lord, I turn to You. See, when we're in the pit of our sin, God in His abundance crawls down into the pit with us. I turn to you. If God was not there, there would be no God to turn to, correct? Maybe you have a hard time. You're going, uh, I don't know. I mean, is God really there? When we're in the pit, it's hard. When we're there, we have a tendency to either work to get ourselves out. Right? We play the game of Christianity. We show up at church and go, God, doesn't this get me out of my pit? No, it doesn't. Showing up here doesn't get you out of the pit. Reading your Bible doesn't get you out of the pit. Praying doesn't get you out of the pit. Praying the prayer doesn't get you out of the pit. And what ends up happening is that we give up, right? We surrender ourselves over the pit. Well, working hasn't worked, so therefore I'm just going to surrender myself to the pit and do whatever I know to do to medicate my sin away and medicate my feeling away and medicate the pit away so that at least I can make it through, right? God is there in the pit with you. If you need proof, that cross right there. Jesus who for eternity sat on a throne, got down off that throne and made himself not just human, but made himself a zygote in Mary's belly. Talk about the best of times and the worst of times, right? He got off his throne to get into the pit with us.
My God, I trust in You. Do not let me be disgraced. Do not let my enemies gloat over me. No one who waits for You will be disgraced. Those who act treacherously without cause will be disgraced. See, uh, uh, when, 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 when we sin, <laughs> we have a graceless culture. Everybody is looking to only devour us in our sin. We have no room for grace. I don't know about that. <clears throat> Facebook? Wait for the next person to fall from grace and see what we do to devour them. Well, they deserved it <laughs> because they're not you. Right? Right? If you were that person, what would you want? Grace. Right? If we were real honest, they deserve it because they're not in our camp. They don't line up with us here or they don't line up with us here. I'm willing to have grace with my people, but I mean those people... And we can feel that, right? We feel the external attacks. We feel the external eyes. We feel, we, 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 we feel the lack of grace all around us because we swim in it. But God, God is right there protecting us. He doesn't, give, he doesn't make the enemies go away. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But He does protect us through it. He does show us grace. Look, 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 look. 25.6, remember, Lord, your, your compassion and your faithful love, for they have existed from antiquity. God has not given up on you. When everybody else has, they're worthless, they're not good. When you have given up on you, I'm not worth it. Why would God ever love me? I'm a moron. God doesn't give up. It is His faithful love that, 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 that caused Him to crawl down into the pit for God so loved the world. He gave. Right? He gave. He gave. He crawled down into the pit with us because of His love. Now, I have heard people say, God believes in you. It's not exactly true. Oh, that's mean. Look, I just established, we do not believe in ourselves, right? We tell ourselves, like, why would ever God? Why would God ever? Why would anybody ever? Why would? Why would? Why would? I'm a da 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 da. Right? We we have this narrative going on inside of ourselves. We do not believe believe ourselves. Yes, we are each an individual snowflake. Remember, snow melts really easy. Right? I've got something even more powerful than that. God's love. He believes in His own love. 
He believes that you are a creation created in His image that is orphaned in a pit with no way out. And He believes in His love so much that He, by His love, sent His Son down into the pit to be able to walk with us out of the pit. It's way stronger than believing in ourselves. Way stronger. that's grace. That He leverages His abundance when we were in the pit. Psalm 25.4 Make Your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me Your paths. Guide me in Your truth and teach me for You are the God of my salvation. I wait for you all day long. God doesn't just get into the pit and go, I'm here. Good luck. No. He goes, look, I see all these claw marks up the side of this this cliff here. Stop. Look over here. it out. Teach me your ways. Guide me on your path. Let's go. And if we are so without hope that He carries us, He does that as well. He shows us the way out. This is not praying a prayer and hoping for the best between now and when we die to reach heaven. This is saying, God, I am tired of being in the pit. You have the way out. Your way is is eternal life. And I want Your way. I pursue Your grace. When He had every right to say, find Your way out of the pit. Oh yeah, by the way, you can't get out. So... There's that as well. When he had every right to say that, he gets down in the pit. He doesn't just get down in the pit with us and then hope for the best. He gets down in the pit with us, points the way out, and says, let's go. Like, wait a minute. Even if I walk out, if I walk out, that's work, right? That's work. That's work-based salvation. That's not going to work. No, 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 no. When we're following God, that's not us working. It's us following God. It's Him. Leading us out. That's Him having the grace enough to show us the way out of our pit. That's Him and His righteousness and His holiness. The fact that we desire His righteousness over our sin is grace. That is grace. And the fact that He shows us the path to His righteousness is even more grace. He shows us the way out. Psalm 25.12 He shows us the way out, but when we get out, He doesn't just set us there and go, so long, say la vie, have a great life. Good luck. Bye. Who is the man who fears the Lord? He will show him the way he should, he should choose. 
He will live a good life and His descendants will inherit the land. Look, God wants us to have a good life. Because there are people we don't like that preach certain ways and prosperity gospel and all of that. We're like, oh, God came for abundant life. He came to give us abundant life. Just because somebody we don't like preaches a certain way and about certain good life and and that sort of thing doesn't mean he wants us to waller in misery. That's not a great marketing plan. Hey, look at all my people. They're grumpy. They're miserable. Come join them. Okay, yeah, let's do that. With my Sunday mornings. That's great. Jesus said, I will give you complete joy. Jesus said, I will give you abundant life. Jesus said, I will give you eternal life. That doesn't just mean when I die, I get to live forever. Eternal life means there is a river inside of my soul that will go out into all dimensions of my life for infinity and beyond so that I will have the energy to live this life, excitement to live this life, and joy to live this life following you. God, His marketing plan is this. His people, so in tune with His grace, so in tune with His eternal life, that they're just like, come get a piece of this. Amen. (laughs) In round, if you need more of that. That's His marketing plan. Joyful people saying, look, God's way is more joyful than you being in your pit. Come join this. And even when times are down, that we still point to God and go, you know how I got it, got through? Eternal life. Eternal life. Eternal life. I would have never gotten through unless He gave me that eternal life springing up within me into every dimension of my life. Whatever time you find yourself in, He is leading you to abundance. Also, abundance. We metric that in America as outward metrics. More money, more people, more whatever fruit in the New Testament all throughout the thread is internal. That God is making us into His image and that is the abundance that we find. So the missionary that gives up everything in order to go on the mission field has abundant life, just, just like the CEO or the, or the business guy that started a business and made a million dollars funds the missionary. He's living an abundant life as well. Both of them are living an abundant life. Because God does it from the inside out and He calls us to a specific mission that gives us abundant life, that gives us the strength to do it all of our life. And when we wear out, we rest in order to go on the mission again.
Psalm 25, 18. Consider my affliction and trouble and take away my, all my sins. Consider my enemies. They are numerous and they hate me violently. Guard me and deliver me. Do not let me be put to shame for I take refuge in you. My, may integrity and what is right watch over me for I wait for you. God, redeem Israel from all its distresses. God will protect us all the way from the pit to the, to the way to, 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 to living in abundance up out of the pit. And you'll protect us when we double around and go back down to the pit because we're just we. We are we. We are human. We are that, right? He will protect us all the way. That doesn't get rid of the enemies. But He will protect us all the way. That's why I call this life a discipleship. A hear and follow life. We hear God, we follow Him. We hear God, we follow Him. We hear God, we follow Him. If we're in the pit this morning, we hear God, we follow Him. If we're on the path out, we hear God, we follow Him. If we're living in abundance, we hear God and we follow Him. It's all the same. It's all the same. Our task is singular. Abide in Jesus. Hear and follow Jesus. This is grace. We all want to be the guy who gets the knife pointed at us, you know, and, and, and be able to, 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 to react with skill and grace and, and, and not freak out right in that moment. But we don't need a knife pointed at us to figure out what it is to, 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 to work and walk in grace and to be grace dispensers. I don't know about you, I love Pez. I love Pez. I know some people have talked about how they the just Pez is disgusting. I don't know what's wrong with you, but I don't like peanut butter, so that is what it is. But you know, like you know, you open it. We, we just just like the, well, I felt we found that one there. You know, just you know, just grace dispensers, just like a Pez dispensers, grace dispensers. Just open us up, and people will find grace in us. That's not mine, by the way. This is not mine. That's not, yeah. Google search. That's, that's how we found that. Grace dispensers. If you're in the pit this morning and you not need to find the grace of God, they're going to be, I'm going to be back here. Paul's usually back over here. Find somebody to pray with. We do not care why you are in the pit. It does not matter why you're in the pit. We will pray for you. We will love you. We will get down in the pit with you to help lead you out on behalf of God. We will pray for you. I do not care what it is. Well, other Christians say that I could... Don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Why? Because grace covers all sin. All. All. There's no Greek word that doesn't mean all. All means all. And for us to be grace dispensers, that we are looking for opportunities to get down into the pit with people so that we can help lead them out. Why? Because we are here to give away eternal life to people. We get down in the pit. We show them the way to eternal life through Jesus. We put more of the songs on the back end so that 
we can respond to the grace that God has given us through worship. If you need to pray with somebody, please pray with somebody. No matter what, worship. Worship the God who came down, proved Himself faithful, proved Himself to be unfailing in love to help us get out of the pit. No, not help. To get us out of the pit that we couldn't get ourselves out of. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank You for this day. Thank You for Your grace. I can speak to the head, but You speak to the heart. Help us experience this in our souls. Give us Your river of eternal life, living water, to flood through us into every dimension. Allow us to realize we've been in the pit or we are in the pit. Allow us to cry out to You. Allow us to turn to You. See how you get us out. Thank you. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Stand with us. Worship the one who got in the pit with you to lead you out. Thank you for joining us on demand, either through Facebook Live or through podcast. Um, if you join us through Facebook Live, just know you can go back and listen to any sermon on podcast. If you're listening through podcast, no, you can join us on Facebook Live during the 10 o'clock hour. Um, we have this upcoming series called Giver. See, we all need eternal life. Maybe you say, what are you talking about? I, I have life. I breathe. I live, I go to work, I go to school, whatever. Yeah, we have that kind of life, but there's a life that is inside of us that is utterly different, and we need a brand new one. And Jesus is the giver of this eternal life. Starting February 11th, we're going to have this series called Giver on why Jesus can claim he gives eternal life, who Jesus is to even be able to give eternal life, and why we need to believe in Jesus for this eternal life. Join us live or on demand starting February 11th so that we can find this giver who gives eternal life.